So we would like to welcome up to the stage, please, for their grand entrance. We'll see how, how well they walk up here. Silo, where did Silo go? Did he not come back? Oh, he's stuck in traffic. Dang it. Sherry. Sherry, come back on up here. Um, Kathleen or Kat, you aren't in trouble. Please come up here. <laughs> no, no, Kathleen. Okay, Crystal. Crystal, please. I feel like we should be like we don't need that many chairs. giving him a round of applause or like some kind of like music or something. Who's a good singer? Okay, and Haley, where did Haley go? Haley. Okay, nowhere to be seen. Uh, Susan and Rodney. Very good. Very good. Okay, Silo's stuck in traffic. Is he, you're up here. What are you doing down there? <laughs> Come on up here. Okay, to help me with this panel today, I've asked somebody, and it looks like we got a couple extra chairs. Not sure what happened to, um, let's see, uh, hold on. Steve, could you help Sherry? Up on stage, please. Oh, you're okay? Okay, okay, that's good. All right. So uh, if anybody sees uh, Haley come back in, or if you see her out there, let her know. Okay, and Mr. Jeff Spinard. So I have a very special treat for you all. Uh, Jeff Spinard of Voice America. Hey, Ryan, how are you? You, you want to come be on this panel? Come on up here. Yeah, you're here. Come on up. Come on up. This is Ryan Gary, everybody. You're going to hear more about him in just a minute. I wasn't sure if he was going to be here today or tomorrow, so I knew I wanted you on our panel. Love that jacket. So Jeff Spinard, I already uh, introduced you a little bit earlier, but Jeff is the president of Voice America. Um, he's here doing some interviews. He'll be here on break. I have my radio show on his station. It now reaches, how many, how many people does the show reach, do you think? Um, for your show in, in general or the overall? We, uh, we reach about 3.9 million people on a monthly basis. Uh, Allison has been working her program to the best of her ability right now. There's something she still needs to do. Uh, but she reaches probably about 3,000 on a monthly basis, uh, which is fantastic. She's doing very well. Uh, others are into the five digits. Some are in six digits. Uh, we don't have anybody hitting the million-dollar monthly uh, mark yet, but that's in the future. Thank you so much. Hey, Tasha, could we get one more um, one more microphone? Thank you. Yeah, I don't know where it is. I'm, I'm like microphone inadequate up here. <laughs> but, but Jeff's great. Um, so having a radio show was one thing for me uh, that really helped me get that global reach. I now have people in 12 different countries that regularly listen to my show. And that's the amazing thing. You know, sometimes I think we think that we have to stay local or how are we going to reach the world? Today it's easier than ever. So I've asked uh, Jeff to come up. Of course, Voice America is live broadcasting this entire thing. I've asked Jeff to actually come up and do the panel with me. So he's going to interview with me up here on the panel. So he's going to be one of the interviewers. Now, I have an advantage. I know everybody here on the panel. You've, you've actually interviewed a couple of these people, and so you may know who they are, but he doesn't know them. So he is going to kind of be the voice of the audience test, like test. you, not knowing these people. So the purpose of this panel is all of these people up here are doing some great things in the world, some great things with charities, and um, we want to learn from them what they're doing. Again, it's that highway thing, right? So if life's a highway, and we're all trying to reach that destination of success and happiness, peace, fulfillment, whatever it is, there are going to be cars in front of us and cars behind us. So these people on the expert panel are experts in some way, shape, or form. So they might be a little bit ahead of you. Learn from them, um, absorb what they have to say, and then use it to help with what you're doing. Okay? So... Um, I'm going to go ahead and we're just going to introduce everybody and then I'm going to let you uh, pick somebody to ask the first question to, Jeff. So should I, I never, like, I always feel a little bit awkward doing these panels because I never know whether I should stand in front of the people, behind them, right here. So um, anyway, I apologize here. Now, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hold it. Okay, watch this though. I was gifted with super long legs, so I'm just going to do this. All right, so Susan, so Dr. Susan Venick, she is here from Las Vegas and is doing some work in, well, you're doing a lot of different things, but especially uh, in the, the legal community and with children. So uh, I want you to go ahead and tell everybody what you're doing. Hello, 
I'm working in the, as an advocate in the juvenile justice system, so I have um, a course on You Will Change the World, which is called Juvenile Justice Secrets. I just did a show um, in December, which I uh, had two guests, Susan Roski, who oversaw all the uh, district attorneys in Las Vegas, and an author of a book, to talk about their perspectives on the juvenile justice system. And I have a, a show actually coming up on Platinum TV, so it's going to be talking about different areas of justice and try to reform the juvenile justice system. And one of the reasons why I wanted Susan to come up here is because she does so much in the legal system and also works a lot with teens, and I've noticed that theme throughout here today. So thank you for being here. Kat, we already heard from you earlier. Uh, so you are helping uh, people in a couple of different ways with addiction recovery and also uh, mothers and children. Is that right? Yes. Uh, we specifically work with uh, women and children that are in recovery from domestic violence and substance abuse and helping them rebuild their lives because lots of times these women and children, they have a place to go to on the immediate crisis and then they just go right back out and they don't have that space or area to rebuild their life. And then we're just setting them up for failure if they don't have that space created for them to be able to rebuild their life. And then that's why they keep repeating their cycle. So we're, we're attempting to break that cycle. Thank you. And the reason why I asked Kat here today is because you, as you said from up on stage, you're a felon, you've had struggles yourself, and you're able to totally turn that around. And now how many people do you feel like you've impacted? Do you have numbers on that in the, in the Utah area? Um, you know, I got asked that question, and I didn't really know how to answer it. But then uh, my my girls came up with a number, and we, we we've as far as um, our women that we've actually personally assisted, we've helped over two thousand, and we've only been a five hundred one c since the fall. Okay, so we're going to keep going on. You already heard uh, from Crystal. So I go out there and help people tell a different story. You know, it's a story of hope. Give them a vision, give them something to see, something to move. Sorry, something that lights. <laughs> something to move forward toward. So I, I do a lot of work with people who are uh, less privileged, who have some challenges, and basically just people who have people around them that tell them a bad story and they believe it. All right, and uh, Sherry, we've already heard a lot from you today and about what you're doing. Um, how many people have you worked with, and what's some of the bigger companies that you've helped out? Well, this is awesome to get the award this morning. really made me start thinking in my past, and 54 million Americans with disabilities. That's huge, you guys. And to think of a group that had no money, no political power, no influence, and think about it, we had no internet, we had no cell phones, and we led a movement that changed the world. And so now to help be inspiring and reaching our purpose pioneers that it's time for us to bring change, you guys, and we can't sit back and complain about the government because we the people, we are. And so it's bringing systemic change to our nonprofits in this world a better place. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry. And uh, just to surprise you guys all, we have a new person here you've not heard from at all today. This is Ryan Gary. So, Ryan, I'll let you tell everybody what you're doing to positively impact the world. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for having me, and thanks for Dave for inviting me last minute. Um, there's uh, we're doing a number of things in the digital health spectrum of basically doing a lot of brainwave uh, brainwave therapy, if you will. Um, I myself was a homeless teenager due to addictions, and later on, what was diagnosed as bipolar PTSD. Uh, I started doing brainwave entrainment in 2004 as a means of helping myself get off of the medications that were driving me crazy and were driving me back onto the streets again, um, because the streets are actually kind of fun. Most people don't realize that most of the homeless teenagers we're having fun out there but eventually the, the the fun turns on us and we're no longer dharma bums we're just bums um, and so what I'm doing these days, so aside from the technology space, me personally, um, we've acquired six acres of property up in Sedona, and we're tithing a, ch a chunk of that property to um, doing what I've done a lot of before, as David knows, is intrapersonal salesmanship. So a lot of what I've done is to help people apply salesmanship to selling yourself on becoming the kind of person that you want to be. You know, there's things that you need to make happen in life, and salesmanship is something that doesn't just extend outwards. That's something you can do internally. There is interpersonal salesmanship. You can sell yourself on getting off the couch and helping 
helping your wife with the dishes, even if you're so sick and you're so tired that you're, you're, you're nauseous, if your stomach hurts, it doesn't matter. Can you sell yourself on doing something you don't want to do that benefits the world? And so taking that to the next level, um, we're now doing um, uh, hikes with, uh, we're taking inner city kids and troubled youth, uh, and I'm teaching them uh, these salesmanship strategies, but getting them out of the city and back into nature where they can get grounded and they can have a whole new perspective on things. Uh, and that's where we can do that transformative work with them because they need it so much. Woohoo! Uh, thank you. Okay, and let's get this uh, panel rocking and rolling. As you can tell, we've got some great people on here. So, Jeff, I'm going to let you uh, do your thing. How long have you been in the uh, broadcast industry, by the way? Uh, 24 years. Tell, tell us about some of the words you've won. So, I want you guys to note this, too, because this is great social proof. Do you know all of you get to say that you've sh you've been inter like internationally interviewed on Voice America by Mr. Jeff Spinard, the president of Voice America, and uh, all the incredible speakers that have spoken today and tomorrow, you can say, hey, I shared the stage with these people. So anyway, I'm just a little social proof plant there. Okay, so it's Jeff, a, your, your greatest accomplishments. I'm giving you permission to brag. Greatest accomplishments. Okay, well, I'm going to say the greatest accomplishment was being the pioneer to live internet broadcasting. Uh, we were the first company to uh, create the digital media space. As you can see now, uh, there was some podcast going on, but we were doing live internet broadcasting. And what's followed or what's transcended this in this industry, there's thousands and thousands of people doing podcasts nowadays. Um, and I think some of the... Uh, the what's the word I'm looking for the um, the accolades that go with what we've been able to accomplish you know they say that uh, what is it flattery uh, what is it, the best form of flattery that's what I'm looking for thank you imitation is the best form of flattery so you know that has just it, there's been a lot that's gone on over the years i've worked with many different professionals uh pat summerall jack lalane uh we work with allison thank you uh, that's your biggest one that, you've worked that is my biggest one <laughs> james dentley forbes riley uh was uh, uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, uh, Michelle Obama. I mean, the list goes on and on. After 18 years, I go a little, my brain gets a little shifted. But we've worked with so many different types of clients. And it's all about the passion that they bring to the table. So... I'll stop right there for now okay, because well, I'm, I, I didn't know what you're actual what I'm doing here right now. <laughs> what you're doing here is you're going to ask these panelists some questions. So who's your first question for? You're acting on behalf of the audience, Jeff. I'm acting on behalf. Okay. Well, I, you know, I, the, the juvenile uh, uh, system. Uh, who was talking about that? Susan. Okay, that was you. <laughs> right next to me. Okay. Um, my biggest question is, uh, how did you, what made you enter this space and uh, what, what kind of topics would you talk about if you had a radio show? I got into the system, ironically, by writing my doctoral dissertation on at-risk youth. And then following my graduation, I actually worked with the same population in a secure, non-secure in foster homes. And I became passionate about it only because I've just seen how this country chooses to abuse power, which initially winds up abusing all of the children in the system. And I think if the public truly, truly understood uh, what, was, what was happening and how many lives are being taken, then I think the system would be turned around. Um, Great, and if you had a radio show, what would your topic be? It would be justice. It would be um, it would be different justices. It would be like I mean, you have a justice, you know, um, whether it's the juvenile justice system or someone has overcome something and they feel like that you know they have some sort of a justice with whatever they're passionate about. Very good. All right, big round of applause for Dr. Susan Bennett. Hey, uh, by the way, what is the doctor for? What is doctor for? What's that? What's the doctor in? Oh, uh, psychology. So, doctor of psychology right here joining us today. <laughs> you're like, okay, so, Jeff, you're up. Next panelist, what question do you have? Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's about the only question I got. Um, yeah, so, uh, let me see. 
See, we went down. I don't know what everybody does anymore. Silo, grab a chair and come on up here. We're, we're going to bring Silo up here, too. Okay. Come on up. What was your topic again? I work with youths, um, okay, homeless I also. So. And, uh, Thank you. I, I teach people in general to start believing in themselves, but I do a lot of work with youths and some of the homeless for a place, uh, organization called Help of Southern Nevada in Las okay. Vegas. Okay. All right. So let's say you had a radio show and you were looking to educate uh, the youths. What would some of your show topics be? My focus would be to teach kids to really believe in themselves because a, a lot of times schools bring me in to address things like bullying. And that has to do with esteem on both sides, whether you're the bully or you're being bullied. So to teach kids to really find their gifts, find their passions, find, find what was given to you, and to focus on that. And because so many kids just don't hear anything positive. It's amazing. Well, there was one kid where I said something complimentary to him, and he started crying. I said, has no one ever told you anything like that before? He said, no. So they're just inundated with so much negative. So to, to teach kids to focus on something, set your GPS, and go for it. Excellent. Excellent. Gonna, uh, you know what? I'm going to open up the same question to Ryan because I know you struggled a lot uh, when you were younger. Were you ever in the juvenile detention uh, system? Um, no, I was too far good of a salesman. I sold my way out of it every time. I've, I've, had I've, had, I've had cuffs on my hands over, over a dozen times, and I've talked my way out of it every time. So um, not everybody obviously has that skill. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I feel very blessed, though, to be honest. I mean, I, I say that kind of jokingly, but it, it is true that, you know, there are, I had, you know, I... I think there are so many people that, just like you're saying, they, they have no idea um, you know, how great they are. They have no idea what their gifts are. They have no idea of these things. They're not getting anything positive sold to them. And I see all these anti-bullying campaigns, and I love that we have those. But why can't we have such intensity on mental toughness, on helping people develop their strengths, develop their skills? So as opposed to focusing on the, on, on the bullies and trying to get them to change, let's focus on their targets and get their targets strong. Right? How many of you have seen, uh, you know, that recent school shooting in Florida that was just horrible, but there's something going around on social media now about the football coach that stepped in front of the bullets saving a couple of kids, and it said, let's share this and make this guy more famous than the, the gunman. Let's uh, celebrate the heroes and the positives. So I, I completely agree with you. I think so often we focus on the negatives. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. You're shaking your head at me. You know. Yeah. You want another question? You can ask me more questions. Um, I can't remember what everybody says, so yeah, I could ask the same yeah, question going question. down the line. Yes, do it. <laughs> As to what each one of them. I just would like to hear your smooth radio broadcasting voice. What's that? I just like yeah. to hear your smooth radio broadcasting voice. Well, thank you very much. Give us your best question, Jeff. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm I'm going to move right down the line and ask the same question, but I guess we'll go right here. Chat, is it? Yes. All right. Um, as far as what radio station? Uh, if you do a radio show, you know you've had a lot of uh, a lot of things happen over the years. Uh, what would you like to educate people that may be in this uh, or in this situation that could help them out? Um, I, I would want to speak to both of the people that are in the situation and all the, also the people that are watching the situation. Um, because where I work with substance abuse and domestic violence, I think there's a lot of disconnect that goes on. Um, if we've got, you know, family members that have somebody that are, that's going through it and this person has just, you know, burnt all their bridges and you can't trust them and um, they, they lack the boundaries, and, and then vice versa, you've got this, you know, substance abuser who's somebody who's stuck in it, and they've become the abuser, and they're taking advantage of the situation, and um, I think something that I could, that goes along with every single case that I work with, and this also goes with domestic violence, you know, we've got these moms that are going, uh, and, and men, too, I, I don't want to just make it sound like just women, I just happen to work with women. Uh, but we have these women who just keep going back into these situations and then you've got family members and stuff that are watching the situation and then they decide to give up on them because they don't want to, to advocate for themselves. Um, but 
I have seen amazing results by just connecting again with people. And by connecting, I don't mean like giving your loved one money that's going through addiction. Um, I mean having healthy boundaries. I mean not judging. I mean being that truly, and sometimes you can't let these kind of people in your, in your doors. You can't. Um, and uh, I just, I would want to spread a message of how we just need to show up for one another as a society, like it's time. It's time for us to get pissed. It's time for us to get mad with the way things are running um, and the way that our money is being spent to uh, house these nonviolent criminals um, in, in jails and prisons. And they're doing more time than violent criminals are. And there's something very wrong with that. Um, I did over two years incarcerated and I didn't have a single violent or people crime. It was all drugs. And don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here advocating for drugs, but I needed, I needed help. I needed a reprogramming of the brain. The, my substance abuse was only a symptom of a much deeper condition. Um, you know, uh, you were saying earlier, or was it? Or is it Ross? Somebody was saying um, how it's an, uh, it's an emotional condition. Um, and um, I, I would like to bring awareness that, uh, you know, the, the actual drug use is just a symptom of a much bigger issue. Because, I mean, like, I don't use it anymore, but I'm pretty still a messed up person. And I got to keep that person in check so my symptoms don't start, you know, showing. So I think that we just need to have a little bit more understanding and... Um, just, just really just showing up for one another. Is there anybody else in here who's pretty messed up? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's true, and I think that that's the first step is recognizing that. So, I, I don't have any questions. Yeah, I'm going to run up with you and grab a microphone. All right, but yeah, I think the uh, first step is really just recognizing that. I'm going to steal your mic here. So, thank you so much, Kathleen. What would your, sorry, Kat, what would your show be about, Crystal? I think my show would be about uh, one of the programs we have is called Big Dreams in Action. And it's a program that we do in schools for school assemblies. And it's, it's helping the, the children, whether they're in uh, elementary school or junior high school, to understand what are their dreams. But not just stop there at finding a dream, recognizing a dream, but actually putting it into action. So when we went uh, to Kenya this last time, we had all of the students, there was like 400 students that went through this, this one uh, missions class that we had. I had every single one of them write down what they would want to be if they were not in the orphanage that they were in. And we had some of the kids write down uh, doctor, uh, engineer, pilot, some just wrote down they wanted to be a dad or wanted to be a mom. But there were a lot of professions that they actually wrote down. And these are kids that are in orphanages. So what we did was talk to them about how they can actually realize their dreams. And it's like what's been said on the panel already is that Helping people to believe in themselves and believe that they can do anything is really what it's all about. Uh, I grew up, uh, I was born in Flint, Michigan, and that's the place, if you haven't heard, that has the dirty water. And um, so I grew up in the ghetto, and I didn't even know that that's what I was in because we had so much love in our family. And my mom and my dad always told me that I could do anything that I put my mind to. I was four years old with my first briefcase going to, um, to kindergarten. And, and so I was this little businesswoman at, at four years old in the ghetto with my briefcase. And um, it uh, ticked off a lot of my so-called friends because I had long hair. I was supposedly cute back then or whatever. And I really, really liked school. I loved school, just loved it. But it made all of my other, the people in my class classes um, jealous of me. So they pulled my hair, they would put food in my hair, they would push me into the boys' bathroom. So back then it really wasn't called bullying in the, in the 60s from where I was from. It was just people being mean. And so studying, trying to get good grades, do what you're supposed to do in school was, was not the norm. The norm was to go ahead and do drugs and, and get pregnant and things of that nature. So I really had to push and press and be okay being different 
um, by wanting to get an education. You know, I have a, a question. I'm sure other people are wondering this, too, and, and that is, uh, what do you do to stay looking so young? Because you do not look like you grew up in the 60s. Did anybody else think <laughs> I'm that, I'm 53 too? years old. <laughs> you look amazing. Thank I, you. Thank you, yes. <laughs> but I had good genes. Okay. You can clap for 53. Come on, like, you can clap oh, for 53. <laughs> my grandma had porcelain skin and my mom, and they, they looked young, too, and when they're alive, they're not with us anymore. But, um, but that's where I got my roots from, was from my dad and from my mom and my grandparents that were always trying to help people. So even though we didn't have anything, our house was the house that everyone came to play. Uh, my dad was the one that took boys and girls camping and tried to teach them things. And so that's how I grew up, and that's why we're doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, I love that. And you, you know what else? I, I honestly think this is true. Can you guys tell when somebody is a giver, they just have that glow about them, you know? It attracts you to them, and they always there's a youthfulness about them. Um, there's just something that you're drawn to, so you definitely have that. Thank you for Thank all you. you're doing. Um, before we go on to Rodney, we already heard a little bit about uh, what you would say. I wanted to point somebody out. Frank, can you stand up? We have with us our guest keynote speaker for tomorrow, Mr. Frank Shankwitz. Frank is the creator of a little program called Make-A-Wish. Have any of you heard about that? <laughs> and uh, he has a movie coming out about him here in just a little bit that's going to be uh, premiering at probably the Toronto Film Festival is what we're thinking. Hopefully the Toronto Film Festival. And so he is known as the Wishman, and we're so glad to have him with us for today. If you get a chance, go up and introduce yourself to Frank. His story is incredible. He'll tell it from stage tomorrow, but I'm honored to have you here. Thank you for coming, Frank. All the way from Prescott. <laughs> He's a local. So, uh, Rodney, you already answered this question, but maybe in uh, two or three sentences, could you sum it up a little bit for us? What would your show be about? My show would be about clarity, focus, and repetitions, because that's how you get anything in life. It's being clear about what you want, being focused on it, clearing all the junk out, and being repetitious every day with moves that are in accordance with where you say you want to go. And to show people how to do that. Great. And, you know, one word that comes to mind when you talk about that is consistency. And that's something that uh, really struck me about you, Shiloh, was your consistency in reaching out to media outlets until somebody picked you up. So um, being consistent in your business, when you have a goal, when you're passionate about something, um, going for that. Thank you for those words of inspiration. Sherry, what would your show be about? Mine would be about disrupting the nonprofit world, dispelling the myths that you can't make profit you need to make a lot of profit so you can make more impact. And as entrepreneurs, we're taught about LSEs and C Corp and S Corps. We're not taught the power of the 501c3 corporation. It's an entity. And we built our movement in disability, leading that as a business, not a bake sale charity, not volunteer <laughs> groups. I mean, how, how many of you could build your for-profit business on a bunch of volunteers? You guys, our systems are broken. To sit here and say 22 veterans a day commit suicide, that's unacceptable. That's criminal. We're, we've got to change our systems, whether it's healthcare, the youth. What, instead of spend 10 million building a new juvenile justice system, fund a million to him to take kids out and empower them. Yeah. And the nonprofit model, this country is based on it. Universities, hospitals, those are all nonprofit corporations. And do you think they make some money? You know? Think about it. So for us to take our tax dollars and bring common sense solutions back that empower people, not the one that, oh, we're going to feed a million of those poor people. You bring the people in to let them be part of the solution, and we're going to bring systemic change. Okay, tell, every, tell everybody what you told me when I kept saying charity. I kept saying to Sherry, oh, you help charities, you help charities. What, what did you tell me? <laughs> In this country, charity, we think of it as a bake sale charity. You know, we think of it, oh, we'll, we'll donate $1,000 and pat ourselves on the back, and they'll go take care of those poor people. Instead of an empowerment model where you're making tons of money, and we are on the cutting edge, innovative strategies, 
our nonprofits, we do diversified funding, we do charitable giving of real estate. It's a wealth transferring strategy. We just got a $3 million grant for one of our folks that's doing veterans transitional housing. There's so much money out there right now, but it's all about empowering people and bringing them in to help lead it. Thank you, Sherry. Wise, wise words. And you'll hear more from Sherry tomorrow. She'll be our other uh, speaker tomorrow. So we've got Frank and Sherry up. Okay, Ryan, what would your show be about? We've already heard a little bit, but two, three sentences. Yeah, some of them. Well, after hearing that, I think I'm going to have to change my answer. <laughs> You've had time uh, to think about it. Okay. And you guys don't know this, but there's a surprise involved in this. And I'm going to need all of your help, too. So. I love it. Um, you know, I, that's a great question. At the, at the essence, uh, it would be about taking charge of your brain so you can hit any goal no matter what. I mean, it simply comes down to that. We have to take charge of our brain, and not just this noggin up here, but we have an abdominal brain down here that no one seems to be talking about. And this is the guy that's actually running the show, so um, it would be about that. But seriously, hearing you, I, I, I've owned entrepreneurialism.com. Don't try to spell it, because you can't. Um, <laughs> for the longest time, because at the heart, I, I believe in the spirit and the essence of being an entrepreneur and being willing to venture. And so seriously, after hearing you, I'd rather do a show about inspiring people to, to get in the spirit of getting out there and venturing. Go make something happen. Very good. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Hey. Silo, if you had a radio show, what would it be about? Hmm. I've got a good idea for you if you don't have one. Yeah. Here's the idea. What if you took people that were homeless and you interviewed them once they got off the street or when you felt like they were stable and just told their story to people? Yeah, absolutely. Not a good, great yeah. idea, Silo. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> okay. I what else? What else would your What else would you be? <laughs> um, that's a that's a very real thing because the work, a lot of what we do, and I didn't get a chance to say before, you know, our motto is not to go out and serve a bunch of people in line. Our motto is to get them out of line because those who we see in line that we're serving, we don't see people who are unemployed. We don't see people who are underemployed. We don't see homeless people. We see future doctors. We see future nurses. We see future dentists. We see future teachers. And that's exactly the way we treat them. So having that approach to those who we serve allowed us not only to serve 91,000 meals in the last three years independently, all for free, but also allowed us to take 100 lives off the streets with a 90% success rate. And you know, when you say that, Silo, it reminds me so much of the quote, you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day, yeah. or you can teach him how to fish and feed him for a lifetime. You're doing both. You're helping yeah. people that need that sustenance day to day, but you're doing more than that. You're teaching people how to create the lives they want. Yeah, so the idea of doing a TV show, oh, sorry, a radio show and having them on this show is very real. It's a very real thing that we can do. So we have no lie, true story. We have people that we, and I should say this too, we don't necessarily take them off the streets. We nudge them off the streets. They do the work. We just have the eye to know when they're ready, right? And we'll serve everyone and anyone, but we'll only put our energy into those who are ready. And we'll serve those who aren't ready until they become ready, because that's our job. And I think that's a challenge for a lot of people that are givers. I mean, I, I think everybody in this event naturally are people that have big hearts that are that are givers. And um, I think the the real challenge is you you can give and give and give, but when do you really teach? When do you see that potential? When do you guide somebody? And that's yeah. where the real gift is. Um, you know, I'm reading a book by John Maxwell, and he said, you know, the real way to reach your potential is to teach people what you know. The real way to impact the world is to teach people what you know. So you're doing just that. Yeah. And sorry, just, I'll, I'll let you go. You should be sorry. <laughs> well, I should, thank you. Um, so where I was going with that is like I have a handful of people, which is right off the top of my head right now. There was a guy, and I want to tell a story really quickly. He's one of our most recent uh, guys that we actually made an impact in, and he decided to change his life. Uh, when he came to us, he was in our line, and he was in our line for food and clothing and hygiene. And and he'd been coming to us for a good six months straight. And as he would come through the line, those who were less fortunate would pay no attention to him because every time he came through the line, he was always high on something. And I have a very strict rule in my line. I don't serve you if you're high, and I don't serve you if you're drunk. And the people in line, I tell them, if anyone shows up in line high or drunk, guess what? No one gets served. 
So they police the line themselves. So when someone shows up drunk, they come to me and they say, hey, guy number six in line is drunk. We, don't, we want to eat tonight. Can you please remove him from the line for us? So we had a guy who was in line six months, and he would come down. He was high, and every time he came down, we would never serve him. And people in line would tell me he was there. One night, he showed up completely high on a, a street drug. I'm not going to say the name, but came, he was so high. I'd served him for six months. He knew my name. He knew what I looked like. He knew what I stood for, and he knew I didn't stand for what he was doing at that time. And I walked up to him, and he, really, he literally said, who are you? I said, it's me. You know who it is. It's Silo. What do you want from me? Bro, yeah, I can't serve you. You're high. You're an alien. Don't talk to me. And he ran off. So weeks went by, about a month. 45 days later, he comes back, and he's in our line. And this time, has a completely different look on his face. And I walk up to him. I go, hi. He says, hi. I go, are you? That's a good one. And he says, no. I said, where have you been? He says, I got to tell you something. He says, I got into a little trouble and I got locked up. And I was in jail for 45 days. The entire time I was in jail, I became clean. He says, I can't remember anything from being high whatsoever. From the six months I was high, I can't remember a single thing. He said, the one thing that I remember, though, the one thing I remember is the times where I showed up to eat in line and the people in line wanted to kick my ass, and you stepped in and told them they can't touch me. He said, that's the one thing that I remember. So you were the only person who stood up for me in a time no one would. So he became sober. He came back. Now he volunteers on the other side of our table. He hands out food to those who are currently in line. This is a guy now who works a full-time job. He has full health benefits. He drives a sports car convertible. He's got his kids back in his life. He has a girl he's going to be marrying in two months. And just four months ago, he was high, homeless. Great. I love that. And that would, that would make a great story uh, yeah. for sure um, on the radio. So what you guys didn't know is that Jeff and I are actually giving a show to somebody here tonight. So one of you is going to get a radio show. Is that just like a silent stun or everybody's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. So, Jeff, why don't you explain what uh, is involved in having your own radio show? And I want you guys to be thinking, we're going to let everybody talk one more time, but you get to vote for two of these people up here, okay? So I want you to think about who you're going to vote for, and don't worry, I'm going to make everybody close your eyes so you won't feel bad about it. Um, but, Jeff, why don't you okay, go ahead thank and explain you. that? Well, I'll tell you what, you know what? Everybody was very impressive up here tonight. I do this all the time. Uh, every day, I talk to professionals from all walks of life. It's all about what their passion is, what their desire is, what kind of uh, people they can bring on the show, how long have they been in the field. There's a number of questions. It's a vetting process that we go through for everybody. Um, all the answers I heard here tonight uh, were fantastic. Uh, it's something that... It's going to be close because uh, a lot of stories, you know, all have positive meaning, uh, good uh, spin to it, not spin, but uh, a give back, uh, a cause. There's something that can be helpful. So we may turn into a, a couple of shows. I'm not sure. Oh, thank you. That's very generous of you, Jeff. Uh, and so anybody can uh, apply to get a radio show. Yeah. They have to be approved. Yeah. They have to go through the vetting process. So if you're interested in radio show, definitely talk to Jeff. But uh, we wanted to gift that away. Jeff, what's the, the value of, of a radio show? Uh, it costs $7,500 a quarter to do a show on Voice America. Uh, Voice America is a full service broadcast operation. Everything from your branding to your marketing to your social media, um, production, promotion, training. You have an executive producer that oversees your show. You have live engineers that run the shows for you. So basically, you got to do a little bit more than show up. You know, you got to do your own social on your end to help things out. You got to do your own press. We'll do press releases. 
uh, you know, we'll do newsletters and we have e-cards that go out for each one of our hosts every week. There's a lot we will do internally as a network to make sure that you're able to succeed with the show or build a quality show. Uh, 13 weeks is generally what we start at, unless you have some kind of uh, radio background, uh, you know, for, that you already have a radio background. Uh, if you're starting new, but have the knowledge and the, and the, the passion, uh, we'll start with a 13 week and we'll see where we go from there. Sponsors can come available, so uh, that money that we're talking about, sponsors can pay that bill for you. Uh, sponsors could pick up that tab. Some of our hosts get paid as much as six figures to do a one-hour show a week. Others break even. Some have picked up multi-million dollar clients. It all depends on what you're looking to accomplish with the show. So, you know, that's why, you know, when you determine the passion, we determine the audience you're looking for. Uh, what's the best medium, radio or TV? Uh, are we going to be using the blog? Are we going to be using uh, all of the text information? There's a lot that goes into doing a radio show or a TV show. But whatever it is you need, that's the hope. It takes us about a week to two weeks to work with you to actually determine the day, the time, and the channel, and the start date. Well, and one of the things, Jeff, I'm so glad that you and I partnered up together because my personal goal and my personal mission is is to help people um, that are making a positive impact on the world have a greater reach so that we can all work together to raise the frequency on the planet. So literally, we're talking about frequency radio. So I co-own the Influencers Channel with Jeff on Voice America, and I would absolutely be honored to have any one of you on that channel. I feel like you your messages are ab absolutely amazing that you're impacting the world for great. Okay, so we're going to give them one more. We're going to have the microphone go down one more time, and I want you to say why you think you'd be good for the show. Now, you aren't allowed to say, well, I think so-and-so would be good. I know we're all givers, but I really want you to dig deep and think about why you would want a show. And maybe this is just a personal exercise for you. Why do you do what you want to do and why do you want to share it with the world? Three sentences or less and then we're going to vote. Remember you get a vote for two people. They aren't going to see who you vote for so you aren't going to ruin any business deals but be thinking about what show would you want to listen to. Okay so we're going to actually start on uh, this end over well you know what let's start over there because you've got the mic microphone. Susan you go first. I'm going to go back to what Tamara was saying earlier. I don't know where she is. Um, but she was saying that if you don't have a voice and you don't share your experience, then I think she said you're being selfish. And I think the show that I would have would have people that have such a strong passion. And it doesn't always have to be about juvenile justice, even though that's what I've spent the past 20 years advocating for. However, people, it would be probably a good portion of it. However, I think that I... It's important to have people who have a passion and to have a voice because a lot of times, I mean, if any, every one of us in this room were to sit down and jot down what's their, what they're passionate about and how they are teaching other people and helping to be a healer, uh, to raise a level of awareness, to let people know the strengths that they have and their limitations are also strengths as well. Um, I think that that would be a great opportunity for people to have a voice and to share their passions to heal as well. If you think Regardless so too, you can vote for is. Susan here in 60 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Not that long. Yeah. How, what do they say after like Dancing with the Stars or Voice? I the voice. I was trying oh, to yeah. be funny, but okay. <laughs> Moving on down the line, Cat. Um, I think that for me. Uh, I would want, I think we all know somebody who's suffering from substance abuse, whether it's ourselves or whether it's somebody else. Um, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of people who aren't educated as to certain things that are going on. Uh, we just see that some of the surface stuff and the apparent stuff that's going on. Um, and I would love the opportunity to educate people that are the onlookers of what's going on. Um, and also to be able to reach and, you know, spread the message of hope and share my story as far as um, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be that person. Um, you, you can choose something else. Uh, I also 
would just love to, you know, spread a message of connection, true, genuine human connection with one another and how we just, like I said, we need to show up for one another. We need to show up for ourselves and um, just all about empowerment and how, uh, you know, substance, substance abuse is just a symptom of more underlying conditions. Um, and with uh, the domestic violence world too and how we're so quick, quick to judge people that are going through these things, um, but we don't truly know the struggle that they're going through as they are rebuilding their life. And I think that if I think that if y'all, everybody that was to hear the, the the show, understood the struggles that a completely sober person who's trying to rebuild their life is going through, I think we would have a lot more compassion and understanding for that person. Um, and trying to rebuild and fix and make their amends, I think that we'd be a lot more compassionate as a community. Very, very true. Thank you so much for your wise words. All right, three senses or less. Crystal, why would somebody buy your show? If I were to have a show, I would um, call it uh, Big Dreams in Action. And it would be where we would tell the story of the underdogs. And just like... I gave uh, the story about where I came from, the ghetto, and, and now I actually own my own international consulting company for medical devices. And I do the international ministry with, with, with missions and helping the homeless. And so whatever their dream is, being able to tell the stories of the underdogs, you know, what, what have they done that have uh, helped people? And like you mentioned, the homeless, I actually have done some interviews with some of the homeless. and them being engineers and then now being homeless or things that happen to them. It's something great for us to be able to see how you can go from being an underdog to being on top of the mountain. Very good. Okay, and in true radio fashion, we're going to take a commercial break to hear from one of our sponsors. So sponsors didn't know that I was going to do this, but uh, we have a sponsor spotlight back here. So go ahead and stand up. We've got our sponsor spotlight, which is Melaleuca. Why don't you say your name and uh, why you like Melaleuca? This is a 30-second break. My name is Donna Guinwa. I've been with Melaleuca for 14 years. I'm passionate about educating people in a healthier lifestyle from the inside out and the outside in. Ooh, very good. Did you see how concise she was? I think that does deserve a round of applause. Okay, everybody, everybody. I want to point out that uh, something that David has taught me is that, uh, you know, he was talking about knowledge and wisdom today. When people want to work with somebody, they don't want to work with somebody who seems knowledgeable. They want to work with somebody who seems wise. Why? Because wise people know how to make complex things simple. And somebody who's a know-it-all tries to make something simple very complex. So Donna, you did a great job of making something very simple, and she is a very wise woman. So I definitely encourage you to go talk to Donna back there. Okay, now back after our commercial break. Rodney, three sentences or less. Why would, you, why would, would okay. somebody want to vote for you? Well, I forgot to say I used to have a radio show. My last name is All Good, and it was called It's All Good. It was on, it was on iHeartRadio. And the premise of that show, which I would she love can't to read. Say, you can't say iHeartRadio in front of Jess. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the premise of that show, and I would love to reboot it, uh, it was that everybody needs to plug in. You know, some people need more of it, but everybody needs to plug in. Because life's like a Rubik's Cube, right? As soon as you get all six sides right, somebody comes and messes it up again. So to have a place that we're talking about relationships, emotions, goals and dreams, something that everybody has a need for, everybody can plug in and, and feel energized because there's so much negativity. I mean, we turn on our radio or our TV, there's so much negativity. So my show was based on having something positive on a different aspect of life every week. So it's, I, it's all good, right? I used to sign, out, I used to sign <laughs> off this way. I used to sign off and said, uh, I would say, the end of my show, Life may not be perfect, but it's all good. Ah, very good. Yay. All right, Sherry, why would somebody want to vote for you? I would love to have a radio show, not only to inspire, but to motivate. We live in the greatest place in the world. People want to make a difference. They just don't know how. So to highlight people like the Chemo Buddies for Life that are cancer survivors, that are building a national platform 
for others. John, that's gone through traumatic brain injury. The diversity, we all have stories, and we all have a purpose. And so to highlight folks like that and to bring us together in this country, we can go to new heights. Very good. Thank you, Sherry. <clears throat> Ryan. Why would I want a show? It'd be fun, man. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, in case you can't tell, I love winging it. I've actually given talks on David's, David's events on how to wing it. And I know David and I fight about this a lot. Because um, he's all about planning. Um, but uh, why would you want me to have a show? Because I'm going to help you hit your goals. That's why you want me to have a show. Um, I'm going to be all about helping people, again, take charge of your brain. So you can hit any goal no matter what. So the fact is we all have great solutions. But all disease, everything, all, all disease, all addictions thrive in isolation. So my show is going to be all about collaborating and bringing people out and highlighting people who are able to do things against insurmountable odds and taking charge of themselves first and then spilling that out into the world. So that's what I think it'd be about. Very good. And Ryan, I want to point something out too. You know, David talks about the presentation, the presentation outside of the presentation and pointing some things out with Donna. I know Ryan's a good salesman because what did he do? He made it all about you. What are you going to get out of this? And that's the first thing that, that pe question that people ask. So I can tell oh. you're a very good salesman, Ryan. I can see why you got out of handcuffs all those times. <laughs> if anybody wants to get out of a speeding ticket, come talk to Ryan. Hopefully you don't have to deal with handcuffs. Okay, Silo. I believe that if you guys were to vote for me for my own radio show, one, I have a great very mellow kind of nice little voice that you That's guys can true. fall in love with. Um, uh, that number one should get me voted. Uh, but in all seriousness, I would love to create something where we can just take maybe 15 to 20 minutes out of our week, out of our day, out of our time to tap in and fall in love with ourselves again. And to do that through inspirational people and stories of those who have seen the worst side of life, gone through it, successfully made it through it and impacted the lives of others and hopefully by the end of that 20 minutes or so you'd be inspired to love yourself again and go out and make an impact on your own very good big round of applause for everybody up here as you can see, each one of these uh, individuals up here would make an awesome radio show host, but uh, we can, you can only vote for two, and then Jeff and I are going to have to discuss things, and, and we'll see see what we come up with. So I want all of you up here to close your eyes, because I'm that kind of person that I'm going to feel really bad if you don't feel like people are voting for you. I was going to do the whole applause thing. Are you going to close your eyes, Susan? Crystal? Okay. Close your No, like seriously, close your eyes. I'm not going to do this until everybody's eyes are closed. Can you tell I'm a mom, too? <laughs> okay. So actually, we're going to have you stand up. So Jeff, I'm going to have you look, just do a visual um, on the two people that get the most people standing up. No, Jeff, Jeff, yes. Jeff would stand. You guys can't vote for yourself. If you have your eyes closed, you can't vote. Everybody in the audience should have their eyes open. Jeff, keep your eyes open. Okay. Stand up if you uh, would want uh, to have a show from Dr. Susan Pinnock. Stand up. Okay. Stand up if you want a show from Kat. Very quietly, I know you guys are like mice, okay. Stand up, uh, Crystal, okay, very good, very good, okay. Uh, stand up, Rodney, okay, very good, okay. Sherry, okay, we got um, Ryan, okay, and Silo, okay. So, very good, okay, everybody stand up, all of you now. And let's give a big round of applause for all of our panelists. And Jeff, you guys can open your eyes. Open your eyes. <laughs> so very good. And thank you for your participation in this. So when we say that's, that some of these people are going to have radio shows, you're going to listen, right? Okay. So we'll let you know. Thank you so much for coming up here.